Thanks for waking up with WKOK Sunrise on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. Another stupendous week of hard work and great fabulosity from Rob Center, our good producer. He's why our podcast page is populated by podcasts from all of our interviews earlier this week and our On the Mark shows, too, are there. So uh, check out all his hard work on our podcast page. In the studio, movie Mike McGranahan is here, professional movie critic. His website, aisleseat.com, at aisleseat, if you want to get poked in the eye from time to time with uh, uh, maybe uh, left leaning? Do you, are you still doing any politics? No, never, never any politics for me. Oh, okay. I got you. <laughs> are you being no, smart? Nobody should care what the movie guy's politics are, so okay. I leave them completely out. You leave that out. Okay, good. Right leaning, left leaning, doesn't matter. Okay, it's not there. All right, fantastic. All right, so how are you? Welcome aboard. Doing well, thank you. Good, good, thank you. All right, so let's get to it then. Uh, the Book Club, the next chapter. The sequel, Book Club, the next chapter, reunites Diane Keaton, Jane Fox. Candace Bergen, and Mary Steenburgen. They're longtime friends who decide to take a trip to Italy together. I wish I could tell you more about the plot, but there really isn't one. Half the time, the film is just a travelogue with montages of the four actresses visiting famous Italian sites. It's about as entertaining as watching someone else's home movies. In between those montages, the women engage in a lot of silly shenanigans, and they make dumb sex jokes that sound like they were written by a 12-year-old boy. Keaton Fonda and Steenburgen are are all Oscar winners, and Bergen is an Oscar nominee. With actresses of that caliber, why would anyone want to put them in such a witless, brain-dead picture? Book Club, the next chapter, feels like everybody involved wanted to take a vacation to Italy at the studio's expense, so they slapped together a movie in order to justify the trip. I'm sure they all had a great time making this film. Those of us forced to watch it are not so lucky. On a scale of one to four, I give it one and a half book burnings. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) At <laughs> 1.5. Jeez, that's bad. Well, my lovely bride and I tried to watch the first one, We even though we paid to watch it. It's also st- terrible. We stopped it halfway through. Well, not even halfway, maybe one-third of the way through. I thought, mm-hmm. even if, if this is the the greatest ending in history. It's just not going to fall together anything good. Okay, so what's what's wrong here? I, I am fans of all of these actresses. Mm-hmm. As am I. You know, this really, I don't fault them for this movie. I fault the entire Hollywood system because actresses of a certain age, of you know this generation, Jane Fonda, Diane Keaton, the only way they can really get prominent leading roles in movies these days is if they team up and make what I call these crazy old lady comedies where, you know, it's a bunch of women who are 70 above, and they end up in jail for something silly, or they end up accidentally uh, eating marijuana gummies, like happened in 80 for Brady. That's another one that brought four actresses together. So this is really the only kind of opportunity these actresses have to headline a major studio movie these days. And it's really sad, because this material is garbage. And, and if I was a producer and I had Jane Fonda, Diane Keaton, Candace Bergen, and Mary Steenburgen, I would write them something worthy of their talents. I wouldn't be putting them in a movie where they just do this bizarre slapstick and make sex jokes and things like that. I would give them something that's worthy of what they can do. Well, we know there's books out there that might deal with this age bracket and these women, and mm-hmm. that, you know they certainly could be woven into some pretty decent stories. Absolutely. And you know, again, I'll bring up 80 for Brady, because that came out a couple months ago, and it was the exact same thing, bringing together four incredibly talented actresses and giving them nothing interesting to do and making them basically look like idiots on the screen. It's really sad and depressing. Okay, so that's uh, not uh, 1.5... Book burnings. Book burnings. Is there anything redeeming about it? 
I mean, I'm a big Jane Fonda fan. At least she's back on the screen. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I can say, and the only reason I gave it one and a half instead of one, is that when you have those four actresses together, they'll occasionally get a moment. They're talented. There'll occasionally be a line that they deliver in an interesting way or an emotion that they pull off. So it's fun to see them together, but I just wish it was in a better movie. And is the movie equally being received pretty flat overall, elsewhere? Mm, Yeah, the other reviews are largely pretty negative as well. Okay, so this is not going to turn out to be any kind of big home run for anybody. Right. Okay, so one and a half. Book burnings. Thank you. (laughs) My brain (laughs) not working here today. Okay. Uh, And that was uh, the film uh, Book Club, the next chapter. All right. White Men Can't Jump. (laughs) Yeah. Didn't I see this once? (laughs) Yeah, yes you did in 1992. (laughs) If there's a movie out this weekend that's even worse than Book Club the next chapter, it's White Men Can't Jump. Uh, A remake of the 1992 Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes basketball comedy, which I'm a big fan of. And this is a master class in how not to do a remake. Uh, First of all, they have cast rapper Jack Harlow in the Woody Harrelson role. Now, aside from the fact that this guy can't act, he also has none of Woody Harrelson's charisma or comedic timing. And, you know, the the first movie was so much about Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes and the way they bickered at each other. Uh, This movie does not have that. The two leads are very flat. They completely remove the prominence of the girlfriend. You may remember Rosie Perez in the original played Woody Harrelson's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She went on Jeopardy. That was Stole kind of a big the show. Stole the show, as far as Stole the show. yes. Uh, in this movie, that whole subplot is gone. The women are just here to be either eye candy or nags to the men. And then the movie really rips out what the original was about. The original was uh, much about gambling as it was about basketball. Woody Harrelson's character was an inveterate gambler. Every time he got money, even if he should have used it for something positive, he would go and gamble it. It was a hustle, right? Right. He okay. would street hustle because he owed money to mobsters, and then you know he would get enough money to pay them back, and then he would gamble it off again. And this movie has none of that. This is just the straight, are these two guys going to win the big tournament story. So it's it's not funny. The dialogue and the jokes are terrible. The performances are terrible. The direction is flat. So one star for White Men Can't Jump. It debuts today on Hulu. And I can see why 20th Century Studios <laughs> decided not to give this a theatrical release. It's really, really oh. bad. Okay. I didn't even know they were considering it. Okay. So that's on Hulu. Oh, and by, back at uh, the next chapter, that's, a that's the- in theaters. That's yes. in theaters. Okay. Fabulous. Okay. Uh, Harrison Ford, we talked a little bit about mm-hmm. this last week. Uh, now his his new film has been shown to some audiences. What are you hearing? Over in Cannes, yes. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny just premiered at the Cannes Film Festival, where Harrison Ford was given a Lifetime Achievement honor. Uh, the reviews are surprisingly lukewarm, but you never know. The Cannes audiences are kind of fussy. They can't necessarily be counted on to dictate or you know, suggest what people in America will think of it. I know there's a lot of anticipation for this new Indiana Jones, because so many of us love the character and are excited for another adventure. Uh, reviews coming out of Cannes are lukewarm, but we'll find out when it opens here in, uh, I believe it's July, June or July. Well, Cannes would be all mushy about uh, Barbie movie, too, but I can't wait. So Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> so, looking forward to that one, too. It's, uh, it's, I have more street-level tastes, I guess we'll call it, for lack of an insult for, uh, of them. Okay, entertainment news. Uh, a Pixar movie was in the news. You're going to have to mm-hmm. start at the beginning at this one. I, I know that sentence, but I don't know mm-hmm. much about it. Okay, so uh, last year, Disney and Pixar released a movie called Strange World, which took place in the future. It was about a family of farmers, and they grow a special 
special crop that helps their village to survive, and something happens to the crop, and they have to go down into the middle of the world and, and try to fix it. So a very science-based movie. Well, a teacher in Florida decided to show this movie to her science class, and she is now under investigation because one of the characters in the movie, it's only a minor plot point, but one of the characters in the movie is a teenage boy who has a crush on another teenage boy. And so now people are up in arms over that. The teacher has said every parent signed a release form saying I could show PG movies. I showed it because of the scientific angle. I wasn't trying to do anything other than that. But she is being investigated and could potentially lose her job because, you know, in Florida, that's kind of a thing that's going on right now. Yeah, there's kind of a new atmosphere down there. So, okay, so that's that. And uh, lesson learned, what's the big picture for all of us about this? Well, you know... Florida's crazy, or...? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, when I was in high school, we had an English teacher who wanted to teach us. He was working on a chapter or a section about uh, metaphor and symbolism, and he showed us Pink Floyd The Wall, which is rated R and has, you know, definitely R-rated material in it, and there was no fuss. People are getting up in arms over a very short section of this movie. I, I just I just don't get it. You know, there's lots of different types of people in the world. You're going to see gay people on screen. You're going to see straight people on scene. And there seems to be this rush to say, well, if this movie has a gay character, it's somebody trying to force an agenda upon us. But really, I think by trying to prevent that, that's just another group of people trying to force an agenda. So it strikes me as very misguided all the way around. Strange World is a terrific movie. There is science you know, a science portion of it that I think would be good for kids to see if they're into science. So I, I think this is all really overblown. All right. Uh, finally, Eddie Murphy as Inspector Clouseau. Yeah, Eddie Murphy is in okay. talks to take over the role made famous by Peter Sellers and then later played by Steve Martin, Inspector Clouseau, in a new Pink Panther movie. And this would be a live-action CGI hybrid about a bunch of human characters. Well, I guess Eddie Murphy teams up with a an animated Pink Panther to try to foil, uh, foil a crime or bring down a bunch of people who are planning a heist. So it could be interesting. It's supposedly going to come from the guy who did the two Sonic the Hedgehog movies, uh, Eddie Murphy, very funny comedian. He could potentially really make that work. Right. I was just going to say, he's pretty talented. He's had a couple flops along the y- years, but most of his films have been worth seeing. Mm-hmm. Most of his performances he's always funny, yeah. are pretty good. So, okay. So, Inspector Clouseau is the right way to say it? Uh, yeah, Clouseau. Clouseau, Clouseau you know, like okay. they always say it with a French accent in the movies. All right, what are you going to see this week? Uh, today is Fast 10. Oh, thank heaven. I know you're excited <laughs> for that one. <laughs> i got to get it out of theaters, though. <laughs> I, we, we rarely go to the theater. We'll probably see it at home. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Movie Mike McGranahan, professional movie critic. His website, ILC.com, and his sponsor, the Campus Theater. Check out all the latest movies, documentaries, and much, much, much more at campustheater.org.